Thanks so much for tuning in to the Leesburg Daily, uh, what is supposed to be a Monday through Friday podcast. I'm glad you're here today with me as we continue in 2 Timothy. Uh, before we get too started today, I, I do want to bring out an, a, an apology and a warning as we move forward, and and that is uh, we, we, and I'm using that as the royal we, it's really just me. I've been having an issue with a computer, um, which has kept me, uh, I've missed now two days in the past two weeks, uh, and I'm, I'm sure I've missed more for other reasons, but uh, here's my point. My point is uh, we are going through June and July, we're going to move to three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So be following on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays for uh, for a podcast. Uh, of course, today I put this one out, and uh, 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 this is Thursday, and I'll do one um, uh, Friday, and then next week we'll begin Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, that being said, we continue today in in Second Timothy. I'm sorry, First Timothy chapter two, verse nine is where we pick up, and grammatically, as we look at this, this section continues uh, from verse eight. In fact, he starts off, therefore, I'm sorry, likewise, he says in verse 9. Likewise, uh, so that ties it grammatically to the previous verses where he's been talking about men, uh, men uh, in every place of prayer, lifting up holy hands and wrath. Now he's going to talk about a woman's role or conduct in public prayer. Now, it seems to me that Paul doesn't intend to, to limit himself um, or restrict himself and talking only about places of prayer. I think Paul is giving general advice here that we must suppose that Paul turned from its, his immediate purpose and uh, uh, talking about public prayer, and now he's talking about wider observations of women's demeanor here. Because there's no, there's no distinction that can be made between what's fitting for what for a public worship and what's fitting at other times because what he says here is so generic it should be seen as a a a generic wide applying principles he says likewise i want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing and then what, what we ask well what is proper clothing well modestly clothing that's modest clothing that's discreet, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly garments. Well, why in the world would Paul say uh, uh, women don't uh, don't dress up? I don't think that's what Paul's saying here. Paul's saying don't dress up. He's saying make sure that your attire is modest, that it is uh, uh, correct. The word translated uh, dress, I want women to adorn themselves or dress themselves, um, is, it, it refers to demeanor as well as attire. So it's, it, it, as we adorn ourselves, this idea of adorning, Paul says for women, um, it's not just what you wear, but it's who you are. It's the type of person you are. And the emphasis clearly falls on the, on the modesty accompanying the attire. Uh, only orderly and decent conduct accords with the spirit of Christian worship. 
And so what he says here, he says, look, likewise, women, dress yourselves, clothe yourselves with proper clothing, that which is modest, that which is discreet, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly garments. See, what Paul's getting at here is he says, women, don't dress yourselves up to be a spectacle. It was a common practice in this day to to wear uh, ribbons and bows, and and it would often be. Um, uh, he I mean, he's not talking about the you shouldn't wear jewelry. You know, some people can ex- make this an extreme thing. What he's talking about is is anything that's going to detract from the purpose of worship. I mean, this could apply today as well. I mean, and it certainly does apply today as well. The way one dresses impacts the community. So, for example, and I'm going to get in so much trouble if certain people listen to this, but I'll just go on and say it. There are appropriate things that you should wear and things that are not appropriate for other people to wear or for you to wear in public. If you come, ladies, if you come to church in a sports bra and uh, uh, yoga pants, that that's probably not appropriate. Now, why is that? Well, because it doesn't leave much to the imagination. Now, I get you can say, well, but it's comfortable and I was working out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I understand that. I get it. That doesn't mean that it doesn't become distracting for other people. We say, well, that's their problem, not yours. Well, according to Romans, it's all of our problems. I, I, I shouldn't do anything that would cause someone else to sin. And, and so there's a there's a there's a line that that should not be crossed in public. There should be acceptable dress, and this is becoming more and more dangerous today as we as we go through life. We live in a culture now that that highlights uh, sexual freedom. I mean, heck, you got Cardi B showing everything on national primetime television, having uh, simulated lesbian sex, and and it's hailed as a as a as a good thing, as a positive thing. Wearing very little to cover herself and objectifying her body while claiming that it would be wrong to objectify her. Well, holy cow, what, what do you want? Do you, which way do you, do you want it to be? Paul says here that the way a woman dresses speaks uh, of who she is. But it's not just what her dress is. Look at verse 10. But rather, by means of good works, as it is proper for women making the claim, to godliness. Paul says, women, instead of worrying about what you wear, worry about the content of your character, the the good works that you wear along with you. Paul is quick to add that women are not denied all adornment, but the greatest asset that a woman possesses is a devout and godly life. And he makes it clear here that he's only speaking for women who claim godliness, those who profess to worship God. Their standard should be higher, always be higher, than those making no such profession. 
Well, think about that for just a second. Our standards should be higher than those who make no such profession of faith. Well, certainly. So the way I treat my body should be higher than those who, okay, who who profess no faith. Paul isn't against dressing up, but in short, he says a woman's adornment, specifically a woman's adornment, lies not in what she puts herself puts on herself, but in the loving sacrifice that she gives out. Now, as we go throughout this passage, we're going to see and you're going to hear already, I'm sure, um, there are many women who would like to burn my house down because of the things I've said today. Um, rest assured, I'm not saying it. I'm just reading it. Paul's saying it. How's that? Um, but I believe it. Matthew West, uh, on Father's Day, he put out a video, or at least I saw it on, on Father's Day, and it's a video to his daughters, uh, and it's titled, Modest is Hottest. And I think, yes, yes, yes. Of course, in the video, he takes it to the extreme in a comedic way, and he talks about how it is important uh, to wear turtlenecks and reasonable slacks because modest is hottest. And as a father of two girls, I love that message. Uh, while I know it, a turtleneck in 85-degree uh, heat uh, is probably not the best solution or an attainable solution. But we have to work really hard to teach our young girls about modesty. In a world that's telling them to objectify themselves, we've got to, tre- we've got to tell them the importance. We've got to teach them the importance of, of, of seeing who they are and their bodies as, as temples to be cherished, to be protect, protected. And they have a lot of ability of protection by doing what Paul says here in 9 and 10. But look as we continue to go through verse 11. Verse 11 makes things exciting in the Christian world. Verse 11, it reads, A woman must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness, and all the feminist brains explode. A woman should learn in quietness. And that's really in full, uh, uh, well, I guess it's supported again in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 34 and 35, although in that case the reference is specifically to public worship. It may be that Paul's present uh, his, his present uh, statement here uh, is to be taken with that same idea of public worship. Um, and that would be to curb the tendencies of newly um, uh, uh, converted Christian women to abuse their newfound freedom by, um, by lording it over men. Here he says women should receive instruction with entire submissiveness. Boy, oh boy. There are a couple things here that we should point out. Uh, First of all, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, uh, Paul writes, Women should keep silent in churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but should be in submission, as the law also says. If there's anything that they desire to learn, then ask their husbands at home, for it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. It forbids a woman to speak at church. If the present prohibition in First Timothy chapter two uh, uh, 
is restricted to public teaching, as it's and it seems like it is. Um, it, it accords perfectly with that passage. Paul can't be accused of being a woman hater, although I, I, it's sometimes alleged that he just hates women. Uh, on the strength of this evidence, anyway, uh, since he acknowledges that some women um, among his following are women, his fellow workers like Priscilla. We'll look at Luke or, or Timothy himself. I'm sorry, Timothy himself. Timothy himself um, was 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 his father was a Greek and he was taught the faith by his his mother and grandmother. What we see here is we see um, a couple of different things as it pertains to or pertains to to roles of of men and women and i know this isn't popular and the feminists don't like this but but look at look at paul's reasoning behind all this now this of course in our context and culture part of it is cultural issues um but here's what it boils down to and, and look what he, how he explains it they should be submissive and they should um live with submissiveness verse 12 he says i do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man but to remain quiet he continues for it was not adam who was deceived but the woman being deceived fell into transgression but women will be will be preserved through the bearing of children if they continue in faith love and sanctify with self-restraint Paul says the women should be quiet and submissive in church. Um, and, and here's what that means. They shouldn't practice authority over a man. Instead, they should remain quiet. They should remain quiet. They should um, uh, 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 lower themselves, humble themselves. I don't expect, I don't allow a woman to teach or exercise authority, but instead remain quiet. And as we see throughout uh, the New Testament writings, specifically um, as it pertains to us, we see that there are different roles that are given to each uh, male and female. And the rationale behind it, as Paul points out here in First Timothy, uh, is a pre-fall order of things. He he, he looks back to Adam and he's and Eve, and he says, um, um, it, Adam was created first. And then Eve. So the pre-fall way of, of, of things was Adam created first and then Eve. The idea is Adam leads and Eve supports. But verse 12, I mean verse 14, uh, it, was, it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman deceived and fell into transgression. So when that order is changed, and Eve leads and Adam follows, there is then sinfulness. Transgression happens. And, and so Paul looks back to a pre-fall order and he says, this is the way God created and this is the way we should lead. In our world today, we would call this complementarianism. The idea that men and women are created differently, equal in the eyes of God, equal, but not with the same roles not with the same responsibilities. Men are created with a certain set of roles and women are created with a 
different set of roles. In in this situation, Paul says he doesn't permit a woman to exercise authority over a man, which, which in our, our world today, uh, in our immediate context today, I would say that applies to church leadership. I would say, and of course he'll talk more about elders and overseers later. <coughs> Excuse me. I, I think that Paul would limit them from being an elder and overseer. Uh, while at the same time, we see time and time again that, that women are included as uh, uh, deacons or deaconesses. And, and so we have that role that women are a part of. Uh, but they don't exercise, they, they don't teach or exercise authority over a man. So we, we want to have a woman preacher, we want to have a woman elder. And Paul gives us the reason, Adam and Eve. The last verse here in verse 15 is quite the strange verse, and there's a lot of ink that has been uh, spilt on this matter. He says, But women will be preserved through the bearing of children if they continue in faith and love and sanctify with self-restraint. Well, what in the world does Paul mean there? There are There's a lot of ink that's been spilt, but... but he says women will be preserved through the bearing of children if they continue in faith and love, sanctify with self-restraint. Paul is certainly not saying that women are the only ones needing to be uh, preserved or or rescued. What, what he's saying here, I believe, is that women, their focus should be, uh, especially in the childbearing years, should be on the children and not on leadership roles, not on things outside the home. In fact, I would argue, and this is, again, one of those things that will make a feminist head want to explode, I think most most women would be much, 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 much happier today if when they had children, they chose to stay home with those children and they raised those children um, th- during those those young years. Now I understand that not everyone can do that and it's not a possibility for many people with single moms and all that. But I'm saying if women were to do that, they would be much happier. They would find much more joy. They would find much much joy, more joy. They would um, uh, th- their faith would be able to grow as we look into the eyes of our children. Um, their love would be growing their their stress would decrease so that's what i think a big message that paul is saying there so that's where we are and that's where we land paul took a detour from his men lifting up holy hands and he starts talking about women and apparently he talks about women (coughs) excuse me he talks about women because there had been an issue in the church there had been an issue where uh, 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 he needed to walk through these different man and woman roles. There's a reason this had come up, and while we don't really know that reason, um, there's there's a there's a bunch of Christian virtues that women are supposed to develop as he lays out here: faith, love, holiness. These terms suggest the quality of a Christian living that's expected from uh, from a woman, and they imply a continuing state. 
a women's sphere as being um, a Christ follower, it, it includes being holy in their conduct, not just in what they wear, but but as they 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 demonstrate themselves uh, as the, as as they go about their their lives. They should not only um, look the part, but also be the part. The, they should be different from the rest of the women in the world. And that's really the big, I guess, the big point here. Uh, Christian women should be different. And, of course, this applies to men as well, as we'll see later on uh, in this next verse. We should see how Christian men are looked to uh, differently in the world as well. Um, but in this section, he's talking about women, Christian women specifically and how you should look different from the rest of the world. And that's where we'll pause for today. We'll pick up tomorrow in chapter 3, verse 1. God bless. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to the Leesburg Daily.